Now, uh, uh, who'd you say you were, little fella? Mister, I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. I speak for the trees, for the trees have no tongues. And I'm asking you, sir, at the top of my lungs, that that thing, that horrible thing that I see, what's that thing you've made out of my truffula tree? Look, Lorax, calm down. There's no cause for alarm. I chopped down just one tree. I'm doing no harm. This thing is most useful. This thing is a need, a need to find something that all people need. It's a shirt. It's a sock. It's a glove. It's a hat. But, but it has other uses. Yes, far beyond that. You can use it for carpets, for pillows, for sheets, or curtains, or covers for bicycle seats. Sir, you're crazy. You're crazy with greed. where my friends come onto our show and tell me about things that excite them for 30 to 45 minutes. My name is Roma. I use the they and them pronouns. And today I am joined by, you know, actually, I never caught your name. Is it Rach? Rachel? It is Rach. Yes. Hi. Hello. (laughs) And he's like, wait a minute. I failed. (laughs) You are perfectly fine. You know what? The fact that you even know my name is incredible because most people are just like, wait, are you that? need girl that's just how people know me and refer to me it's a good thing to be known by honestly very fun very whimsical (laughs) it is very whimsical honestly it's never a thing i thought i would be known by but you know what i'm known by it and i go with it i you know what i feel that actually as the (laughs) info dumping person i completely understand this 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 name of yours that you acquired begs begs the question of where where did this start? How did you how did you acquire this into your repertoire, into your life, into your representation? Your uh, I'm going to get really dramatic, but your like social footprint or your internet footprint, social media. There we go. That's the word. So it actually all starts right before the pandemic, which is I feel like how a lot of stories start nowadays. Why? Literally weeks before the pandemic, my best friend and I did a trip to um, Universal Studios and also to Disney World. But the important part is Universal Studios. Um, And it was right around that time. It was late 2019. We were planning the trip. We were going early 2020. And he was like, hey, you should download TikTok so we can like make videos and talk about our experience in the theme parks. A lot of people do that. And a lot of people watch those videos. He's like, it's like the new vlogging. And I'm like, sure. So I download this app, right? 
And yeah. I start getting kind of into the app a little more so than he is, even though he's the one who told me to download it, right? But that's mm-hmm. fine. We go to the parks, we make our content, whatever. It does all right, you know, nothing huge, but it doesn't like drastically flop for the time period, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pandemic hits and all of that. And, you know, watching movies from home was a really big thing, right? And he rediscovered his love for The Lorax 2012, which was an animated movie, which was a remake of an animated movie from the 1970s, which is a short film based on a picture book by Dr. Seuss. He loved Mm -hmm. this movie, right? And he was watching it over, like, the pandemic for something to do, telling me about how much he liked it. There's a song from it that's an absolute banger, all of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So... Like, you know, sometime later, I'm scrolling on my For You page, and there's this girl trying on this dress, and it's like this tubey, stringy dress, and I'm like, hey, that looks like a Thneed from Mm -hmm. the Lorax, and that's Bestie's movie that he's just, like, obsessed with right now. I should make a video about it and send it to him, and that'll make him laugh, and that'll make him smile. Because it was like, you know, the pandemic, everybody was pretty down in the dumps. Yeah. And it made not only him smile, but, like, millions of other people smile. Like, the very first mm-hmm. video of, like, that I made got, like, millions of views right off hey, the bat. Yo. And I was like whoa, this is a number that is incomprehensible to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought the joke was funny, but that's me. I made it, and I'm a Leo. Of course I laugh at my own jokes, you know? So I made it again with a different article of clothing that I found on the For You page that kind of looked like a Thneed. Same thing. People were, like, obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And then I started getting tagged in other people's posts, being like, hey, is this a Thneed? Is this a Thneed? Does this look like a Thneed? And then it kind of evolved from there to the point that I was ending up on four you pages of people who had absolutely no idea what a Thneed was or what that Mm -hmm. song I was playing was. They just kind of figured out that when you see my face, the article (laughs) of clothing is something called a Thneed. (laughs) <laughs> so now there's people who like I have this cult following of people who one are diehard fans of the Lorax and two just like me as a person and mm-hmm. know my face means Thneed but don't quite know what Thneed means and so I've now become known as the Thneed girl and every day I get I'm not even exaggerating when I see this like hundreds of people tag me every single mm-hmm. day like asking is this a Thneed is this a Thneed can you stitch this can you stitch that and it that's just kind of how it started um I was really just trying to make my best friend smile with this movie that we liked that we were watching to have fun during the pandemic and now it's this you know i fall into that category of the the group of people who had no idea what the theme need was or the, like mm-hmm. i've seen the lorax movie but it was years ago i don't mm-hmm. remember any i just remember the onceler because of tumblr oh my gosh yes and like the onceler on tumblr was like a completely like it was such a niche thing but if you were on the right corner of tumblr you knew about it mm-hmm. and then there's like a whole like culture that's like a huge fan of this movie completely separate from that and then there's the people who read about it as a kid and then there's the people who didn't even know there was a 2012 remake of the movie it's like oh my god it's just like this huge cultural piece of me i say this huge cultural piece of media i should say it's a very american cultural piece of media because then there are Mm -hmm. people in other parts of the world that are like who even is dr seuss and that's fair that's valid so yeah um 
you know, I'm my mind is already we just started and my mind mm-hmm. is already blown. Um, mm-hmm. So how this has been going on for at least like a, a year, two years now. It's, we're almost at two years. So the first time I made any sort of video about Thneeds was July of 2021. The mm-hmm. first time I made like the joke with the song was October of 2021. So in a few months, it'll be two years since the first time I ever made a joke about Thneeds on my page. Oh my goodness. Which is kind of crazy because people are like, you've been doing this for like five years, right? They're like, you've been doing this since Musical.ly. I was like, I didn't even have a Musical.ly. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's a different dimension for me, buddy. Like time just moves really, really weird now. Oh, absolutely. Ah, It feels like it's, I feel like I should be in my 40s by now. Oh, I know. I turned 30 in a few months and I'm like, what? Huh? Well, happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. In advance. (laughs) Thank Um, you um let me see i think we'll probably get into it more in the later part of the episode but um let's see where do you see needs taking you now because you've been doing this years um you've made yourself obviously a very good brand on the internet um or surrounding needs do you see yourself taking it any farther than tiktok or is it just something that you know this is a fun space that i'm chilling in Yeah. So something that was really neat is that um, I started just making that one joke, right? I stitched the thneed with the song to kind of like indicate that, hey, that article of clothing is like a thneed. And then I started doing reviews, if that makes sense. So when the award show red carpets happen now, um, I will go through all of the red carpet looks and we'll kind of rank them on the thneed scale. And like, we'll decide like who, like how like people will do like who was the best dressed and worst dressed of the night. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm just seeing who wore the most needy and the least needy outfit of the (laughs) night so kind of doing like a parody of fashion content in that way um and i've also talked a lot about like multifunctionality of clothing and sustainability of clothing that's been really cool um I was at New York Fashion Week for a little bit this year, which was super, super cool. Like, if you told 2019, 2020, Rachel, that that was something that would happen by 2023, I would not believe you even a little bit. So that's pretty cool. Um, I have a lot of friends and mutuals who just make fashion-based content now, like not even joke-based content, just purely fashion content. So that's very cool. So, of course, I'm going to keep, you know, making the Thneed joke because it makes people smile. But I like seeing all the different different ways I can kind of take it and turn it into something bigger. I know Earth Day is coming up and that's a big mm-hmm. message from that story. So I'm sure I will do something for that. So it's pretty Absolutely. cool. That is super cool. Oh, oh, dang, that's so neat. I'm so excited for you. This is so Thank cool. you. Um, now I really want to just like get into the to the nitty gritty. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and start that timer. It's cool with you. Perfect. That is fine. Go ahead and start your timer. And oh, that's not my password. <laughs> Look at my face, iPhone. You know who I am. <laughs> All right. I'm starting the timer in three, two, one. All right. So all the time, I think the most frequent question I get asked on my videos by people who have never heard of the Lorax before is what is a thneed, which is a perfectly valid video. You see somebody making fashion content and then all of a sudden you see my face pop up and you hear this song playing and everybody in the comments is like, it's a thneed, it's a thneed. And you're like, 
how do you get that from that? <laughs> That's what I'm here to explain. Um, <laughs> I always call Thneetery, um the hyperfixation niche that TikTok chose for me um, because it, it's literally I started as like a theme parks account and then I made content about Legos and somehow that all devolved into this. But I'm very I'm glad that it happened because it's so much fun. Um, oh so Thneeds are a completely fictional garment and they are from a story called the Lorax. Um, the Lorax mm-hmm. is a story by Dr. Seuss, and it was originally published in, let me double check my years on this. I'm pretty sure not, I'm pretty sure the book was published in 1971. Um, and it was basically an environmentalist story. It's a story about how, you know, when we work together and do things sustainably, the importance of doing that to, you know, reduce pollution and create a better earth for future generations. And it was done in a very, like, child-friendly storytelling way Mm -hmm. with little whimsical characters and things like that. Um, That book did so unanimously well that in 1972, oh, I'm sorry, that little crash was my cat jumping. In 1972, (laughs) um, they animated the book into a short film. It's about 20 minutes long. If people are interested in watching it, it is actually actually on YouTube for oh. free. Um, yeah. And I grew up watching that animated short film of the Lorax. I'm pretty sure um, it played like on TV one year for Earth Day. And it was back when VHSs were a thing. You could record anything that played on TV on the VHS. And um, my parents recorded it on a VHS. And we watched it all the time growing up. Um, and it's really old school. Like in that book, the there's two main characters one is the lorax who is this little orange and yellow guy he's just a creature he's a cryptid for lack of a better word um and he speaks for the trees he is a tree cryptid and his job is to come around and promote the health of the trees and the environment there's this other guy and he is an inventor and he's called the onceler um the onceler is looking for a way to patent his new invention called the thneed and thneed is a combination of the words thing and need he says it's a fine thing that all people need and basically it is a garment that can transform into anything um so if you look at pictures of it from the book um and in the short film it is bright pink in color and you can um basically transform it it can go from a shirt to a sock to a hat to a pair of pants to a skirt to an apron to a dish rag if you're desperate enough you could even eat it if you wanted to um there's like a whole segment of the short film where he's like taking this garment and ruffling it about and it turns into to something completely different. You don't need to buy 58 different things. All you need is a thneed. Um, and he markets it by saying it's fairly affordable. It only costs $3.98, which for the 1970s, you know, adjusting for inflation, that's still that's still pretty decent. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. And he's looking for something to make his thneed out of. He has this idea for it in his head. And he travels all the way to this place with these big, tall, skinny trunk trees that are that have very, very fluffy fibers on the top. And they're called truffula trees. And he reaches up to the truffula tree branch and he feels it and he says, this is it. Whatever is growing off of this tree, this is the material that my thneed needs to be made out of he chops one down he makes his thneed and he's like this is perfect 
I'm about to start making these seeds and selling them. This is my get rich quick scheme. Um, and then out of that first tree stump that he chops down, the Lorax pops out. And he says, I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. And he starts giving the Onceler all of these warnings about what could happen if he doesn't look out for the health of the trees while he is making his need. Because on one hand, having a multifunctional garment that can solve many problems for you sounds like a great thing. It sounds pretty sustainable in theory. I don't mm -hmm. need to waste a bunch of money and materials on 10 separate items when I can just own one or a few needs. That'll do the same job. Um, but it doesn't end up working out that way by the end of the book, basically. Um, and so basically back and forth throughout the book, um, the Lorax and the Onceler are pretty much getting into it back and forth. The Onceler realizes that people are liking his need and he can't produce them fast enough. Him and his one little axe chopping down one tree at a time, making one need at a time. So he calls in his family members. So all of his family members come into town and they set up shop to kind of start making needs a little bit quicker, but that's still not fast enough. So they start resorting to like heavy machinery to chop down the needs. At one point in the book, I will try to find a picture of it. There is like this like cartoony, funny looking car with a bunch of axes that spin in a circle and chop down like 10 trees at once. Oh my God. I'm looking it's it up on Google. Funny looking. I, you know, I should not have typed in the need car because I'm getting that weird, like, Mazda SUV commercial. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Hang on. I think I've got it. There it is. It's loading right now. It, like, spins in a circle and chops a bunch of them down. And now all of a sudden we have this big Thneed factory. And in the book, there's pictures of it with, like, smog puffing into the air. And at this point in the book, you start learning about all the creatures in the ecosystem where he moved into. Um, there's little teddy bear-looking things called barbalutes and little birds called swami swans. And there's fish and one by one you learn about how his overproduction how like him taking away the trees took away the environment that these animals were living in and then you also learn about how him um dumping garbage in the water from the excess production made the fish sick and then you also learn about um how the smog made the birds sick and things like that so how all the different pieces of this overproduction without any sort of policy in place harmed the environment and this goes on in the lorax keeps warning him and warning him if if you keep doing this in this way you're not going to have a business anymore because the whole ecosystem is going to die the truffula trees won't have anything to flourish off of and then you'll be out of money and out of luck too the onceler doesn't care you get to the mm -hmm. end of the book where he chops down the last tree and his whole entire business crashes the lorax and all of the animals go away and how he lives alone in this decrepit little tower no money, no family. Um, and he has one final truffula seed left. And he's just like waiting for somebody to learn a lesson from him and restart this whole entire ecosystem, basically. Oh That's how it goes down in the book um, oh and in goodness. the short film. That's incredible. Yes. So then years and years later um 2012 they remake it into a feature-length film i just put a picture of the thneed factory in there from the book mm -hmm. um the thief 
the feature length film comes out in 2012. It's a different, it's that more like CGI animation style, whereas mm-hmm. the original 1970s version was like drawn animation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the pictures I just put in the server, you see some like green arms sticking out of the cars. That is all we know about the Onceler is that he's got these green arms. We never see his face. We never know what he looks like outside of these green arms. His face is always hidden. We just know he's this inventor. In the movie, they give him a face and they give him a more refined backstory. And that is where his Tumblr culture comes from. But we really don't need to get into all of that. This is just about the needs. Um, People ask me all the time. They're like, were you in that Tumblr fandom? I'm like, I was not. I was like, not a fan of the Onceler in that way. I was a fan of the movie. I wasn't like a diehard Onceler specific fan, if that makes sense. I just enjoyed the movie. Absolutely. Like I, when the movie, I mean, 12, what was I even doing? I don't even know. Uh, I was Mm -hmm. in group group chats i don't know but Mm -hmm. um i always was i that part of tumblr never got that close to me i think i had one follower who thought the one slur was the funniest shit ever but i was Mm -hmm. far too young or i just didn't understand the bit i was like okay he looks like a dork um yeah neat but then as time went on it became just almost like this weird enigma mysterious seventh wonder of like all right the one slur and i just accepted it to be that <laughs> yeah that's kind of how it was for me too like i was always part of fandoms that were adjacent i would say to that yeah. but i never really crossed into that territory ter- territory so i always like knew somebody who knew somebody who was part of it i was i would say i was always within 3 degrees of separation from it yeah but i was never in it and i hope this is a good take home message for people that i will get people in my comments mad all the time that like mm-hmm. like you have no right to make this content you're not a die hard onesler fan i'm like what? i need you to understand that the onesler fandom is maybe 0.5% of the people who are fans of this series that has been out since 1971 like your grandma oh probably knows about this book and i guarantee you she's not a oneser fan um my brother has a truffula tree tattooed on his arm and i guarantee you if you were like hey what do you think about the oneser fandom on tumblr he would have absolutely no idea what that meant so oh my goodness they just forget that their version of the fandom is not is not the most popular one I guess. So I get people mad about that all the time. But I digress. A little bit of a side tangent. (laughs) Anyway, the 2012 movie comes out. And I should also go into this by saying, in the short film that came out in 1972, there were songs in that movie. They were absolutely bops. There were some fun songs in that short film. I definitely recommend that you watch the short film. Um, it's also funny mm-hmm. because the Onceler's like huffing a cigar for half of it. Like this, when I say this Ayo. was made in the 70s, this was made in the 70s. Yeah, um, He's like an old chain smoking man. And then all of a sudden in 2012 he's this like young dorky looking guy um he's just a guy um 
So they give him a face. They give him a more refined backstory. They introduce more characters. And also the cast of this movie is star-studded. Like, Ed Helms is the once-ler. Danny DeVito is in this movie. Zac Efron's in this movie. Taylor Swift is in this movie. Um, Yes, it is star-studded. And it did really, really well at the box office when it released in 2012. I think that's another thing that Tumblr people forget. Like, this isn't like, you know how there are some movies that Tumblr picks up on that they didn't do well at the box office, but Tumblr gives them a cult following? This is not that. This did super, this was a like the most popular movie the weekend it came out. I think like within two weekends, another movie was beating it out. But for a kid's movie, that yeah. it did pretty well. I don't think it did as well as like the minions or something oh, like that. Yeah, but no. it was it did very well at the box office. Um people loved this movie when it came out. And the feature-length film introduced different songs, a completely different score, and it changed the story up a little bit. Um mm-hmm. and there is a song in that movie that kind of shows the Onceler's shift in energy because the Onceler and the Lorax have a different sort of friendship dynamic. And I'm calling it a friendship dynamic because in the book, the Onceler's kind of just like, ah, F you little orange guy from the get-go. He doesn't really mm-hmm. hear him out, you know? Yeah. In the movie, the beginning part of the movie, it's almost like they could be friends. You know, they they he's willing to hear him out. He doesn't dismiss him right away. He's like, but look, the Thneed is good. The Thneed is great. It's almost like they're kind of trying to, like, compromise with mm-hmm. each other. And yeah. then, you know, they sing the Everybody Needs a Thneed song, which is not the song I use. And I'll get to why I don't use that song in a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. They sing some bright, cheery, happy songs about the Thneed. You almost think that, like, maybe they could work something out to make this Thneed ethically. And then all of a sudden, like, you get to the part where you realize that all this guy is going to see is dollar signs. You know, there is no turning back. There's no convincing him. He's like capitalism has gotten him. He is so in over his head. And literally he gets this menacing grin. He changes his outfit. The background turns red. Like it's literally changes from bright, cheery colors to red. Like, oh, he's a villain now. And all of a sudden you hear this guitar riff starts playing. And that is the guitar riff I use in my videos. And then it dives into, like, the big song of the movie, which is called How Bad Can I Be? And it's him literally begging the question, how bad can I possibly be? You say me doing this is a bad thing, Mr. Lorax, but how bad can I be? I'm just following my destiny. I'm just working the economy. I'm just doing what comes naturally. Like, those are literally lyrics from the song. Why is this so bad? I, I don't care what you have to say. Let's sure. Let's find out how exactly how bad I can be. Um, oh, and no. it changes the entire shift of his character. It's really like the turning point of the movie, if that makes sense. It's like he's reached this big thing. And then we kind of see how the world crashes afterwards. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, to. And I think using that song is very important to my content because what I think is very funny is that the fact that no words need to be said for the joke to land. If you've seen that movie enough 
um even people who have seen it like a lot of people just like that song like even before i made the joke even outside of once Lair tumblr that mm-hmm. movie score was really really good like people just listen to the songs because they were good that being one of them i've always said how bad can i be is one of those songs that you could just play on the radio and if you mentioned absolutely nothing about it being a song from a dr seuss movie people would just enjoy the song it's just a yeah. good song um and that was always like a topic of conversation. So I was like, that's the perfect song to use because the, literally all I use is the first five seconds of the song. And if you've seen the movie, you know exactly the joke I'm making. You know, oh mm-hmm. my God, she's playing the Thneed Inventor's big song from the movie. <gasps> um, no words need to be said. All you need to do is hear a guitar. I just need to look at you a certain way and play this song. I'm giving you a, are you picking up what I'm putting down type look and the joke lands. Um, mm-hmm. The opening notes of everybody needs a thneed. Do not do that. Um, I no. think it's funny that like, you've got to think about it for a second. Um, I like the joke because it's not a dead giveaway. If that makes sense. If I yeah. were to use everybody needs a thneed, I'd have to play the part where they literally sing everybody needs a thneed. And I'm like, that's too, that's so boring. That's too easy. <laughs> I like, I like a joke with layers, you know, ogres have yeah. layers, onions have layers. Mm-hmm. The thneed joke has layers. Yes. So that's why I use their joke. And you know, it, it pays off it worked um Mm -hmm. it also has a lot of people asking like what is that melody like a ton of people ask me they're like i've had so many people be like i get what the needs are but what is that song i'm like wait how do you think i'm making this joke then if you get what the need is but you don't know the song and that's when i realize they've just come to associate my face with the needs and have learned what needs are through context clues and had no idea that the song is what i was using to make the joke so this joke could not be a joke if without people who have seen and adore the movie because they are the ones who initially got it in really pushed it on the for you page they pushed it so hard that it got to the for you page of people who needed to use context clues to figure it out and had no idea what the song was and i'm like oh my gosh so i've got a video pinned to my page now that kind of explains in much quicker terms than this what a need is and why i use that song um but i still get asked all the time um i also get asked all the time why i don't use a song that was cut from the soundtrack So if you get like the deluxe version of the soundtrack, or I guess if you look it up on YouTube somewhere, there is a song called Biggering, B-I-G-G-E-R-I-N-G. And it's a play on words of a line from the book. And I actually have the book in front of me. You know, I keep that source material on me. You keep that thing on on you. I got to keep that thing (laughs) on me. Um, And it is a play on words of a line from the book. Here we go. He says, and then I got mad. I got terribly mad. I yelled at the Lorax. Now listen here, dad. He literally talks to him like he's an angry father. All you do is yap and say bad, bad, bad. Again, that's why he sings the song, How Bad Can I Be? It's all a play on words from this page. Well, I have my rights, sir, and I'm telling you I intend on doing just what I do. And for your information, you Lorax, I'm figuring on biggering and biggering and biggering and biggering, turning more truffula trees into needs, which everyone, everyone, everyone needs. 
So he's using the word biggering to say, I'm going to make my business bigger and bigger and bigger. But it's a little Dr. Seuss nursery rhyme. So we can't just say bigger. We have to say biggering. We have to yeah. make a new word out of it. Um, How Bad Can I Be was originally a song called Biggering. And it was a little bit different. It was kind of more like, I would say like, if this were a stage musical, Biggering would have worked. It's very more dramatic and more orchestral, but it's still a very, very cool song. Um, How Bad Can I Be is basically like a pop punk song, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, and it works really well in the movie. And I always tell people, they're like, but Biggering is such a better song. I'm like, but there's a reason it was cut from a movie score. You know, it didn't make sense with the dynamic of the movie and also the opening notes of biggering are not a really cool guitar riff it's kind of a slow lead-in because it kind of starts as a ballad and then gets fast and also yeah. if i were to use those opening notes how many people do you really think recognize the opening five seconds of a song that got cut from the soundtrack like it got cut true the joke is not going to land because like i agree that it's a fine song but this is, I'm trying to make this joke have layers, but also be accessible. You know, yeah. if you really want to pick up what I'm putting down with this joke, you can Google the Lorax soundtrack and find how bad can I be? It's a little trickier with bigger and you can watch the Lorax and hear how bad can I be in the movie at that important part of the movie to understand the joke I'm making. You but you'll never hear biggering. Mm hmm. I'm like, it's one thing to make a niche funny joke. It's one thing to make an if you know, you know joke. It's another thing to make a so niche joke that only like 10 people on the For You page are going to get it, you know? Yeah. So that's why I don't use biggering for all the people who are wondering. That's also why I don't use everybody needs a thanate. It's how bad can I be is really that happy medium that's this was such a dead giveaway. The joke's kind of dumb versus mm -hmm. this joke is so niche. Nobody's going to get it. It really met us right in the middle. I have learned so much about this <laughs> universal produced movie, The Lorax, <laughs> that I never knew yes. I needed in my life. Yes. I didn't and know I, this is where today was going to bring me. I'm so excited. <laughs> I think it's so funny that it's produced by Universal, too, because I told you at the beginning, um, my friends and I were taking that vacation to Disney World and Universal Studios. At yeah. Universal Studios, in one of their parks called Islands of Adventure, the mm -hmm. theme of Islands of Adventure is every area is kind of like a different island themed on a different piece of media and mm -hmm. one of them is called seuss landing so we spent a significant part of time in the dr seuss themed area of universal studios on mm -hmm. that trip that i had specifically downloaded tiktok for um oh, <laughs> so man. you can go to universal studios and i have pictures of me standing in a forest of truffula trees at this theme park before i even became known as the Thneed girl it's foreshadowing. Like you can go meet the, yes, you can go meet the Lorax there. Like he comes out in costume. You can go. I'm sorry, oh, he doesn't yeah. come out in costume. It's actually him. Um, yeah. You can go. You can go meet him. Um, and sometimes I post pictures and videos from like my times that I've been there. Which um, my other big hobby that I'm really into is I love theme parks. So I I have like a pass to go whenever I want. Um, and people are like, wait, Hell where yeah. are you? What is what is this place? How did you how did you get <laughs> actually there? I'm like, you can buy a ticket to Universal Studios and go it, like, yeah, it's, I'm like, everybody's Floridian. like, I'm going to Disney World. And I'm like, don't knock Universal Studios while you're there, though. It's more affordable 
And they got the Thneeds. They got the Thneeds. Dude, I as a, I'm a born and raised Floridian. Uh, <laughs> so me and Universal Studios are tight. Mm-hmm. Me and Disney are not as tight because they are much <laughs> more expensive. Um, they are. But, I always ooh. say you can tell who the diehards are because they, they love Universal. And then like, oh, we can do it. That's Disney. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Disney's pretty magical. It can be pretty magical. It is. I love Disney too, but just something about Universal. There's something about Universal, man. Um, I've written a few tabletop RPG one-offs based on Universal. I totally mm-hmm. get it. Um, yeah. But I do have a question real quick for you. Yeah. Um, so you uh, on you have you've been exposed to a great deal of our dimensions version of needs. Um, mm-hmm. Have you? And I know some of them are like maybe infomercials or just something that somebody crafted. But have you mm-hmm. ever bought or like tried doing those specific needs before? Like, do you just have like a basket full of them somewhere? Yes. So somebody actually crafted me i have a through tiktok again through being on the fashion corner of tiktok i have a couple Mm -hmm. of friends that go to fit and they have a knitting lab at fit and they were able to knit me with like that like eyelash yarn basically a tube scarf with that eyelash yarn in pink and it functions like a thneed i mean i have a couple videos on my page i will send you one that we can add to this again Uh where i'm basically taking that tube scarf and putting it around my body as a dress and then i'm twisting it and wearing as a shirt and then i'm wearing it as a scarf and then i make it a cape with a hood um so i would say that is the thing that is the closest to a thneed that is in my own personal wardrobe i would love to do a series where I kind of do like a Thneed try on. Like if somebody's mm-hmm. like, hey, I make this product that's kind of like a Thneed, would you be willing to test it out? I always tell people I'm very willing to test that out. If you're willing to send it to me, I'm willing tested to test it out. My only caveat of that is that like I'm not infinitely made of money. So that could be a very expensive project. Yeah. Um, I do have like, this is not me telling anybody to buy things off of my wish list, but I do have an Amazon wish list with a couple of like mm-hmm. need like items on it. And some people have been like, I really, really, really just need you to try this. Can I send this to you off of your wish list? And that I'm willing to Please. do to a certain extent. Um I also get tagged a lot in branded content and in like brands own videos where they're kind of like advertising their product. Um, And I've kind of taken a stance where if it's clearly branded content, like somebody is promoting a brand or it is the brand themselves. I don't yeah. stitch branded content. Um, yeah. I'll stitch like creators doing a get ready with me, doing like a little try on, you know, this is something I made myself. But when it comes to branded content, you know, the whole purpose of this book is kind of like anti-capitalism. And yeah. I'm like, it would kind of defeat the purpose of the overall message of the story if I did free advertising for brands. So I tell people all the time, if brands want me to stitch their product directly at like a direct, I'm stitching the company themselves or I'm stitching the person like you partnered with yourself, you got to contact me directly so we can work something out. You know, like yeah. I, I'm not about to use the anti-capitalist book to do like free advertising on behalf of a brand. You know? Yeah, no, 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 so, no. That's not me trying to be like a hater about it. Like I like I like I said, I don't mind stitching creators. I love stitching creators and like their mm-hmm. own genuine authentic video. But we yeah. got to be careful about how we do free advertising for brands. Oh, Most yeah. people understand. Some people are like, you're a jerk. 
and I'm like, you want me to work for free. So yeah, no, no working for free. Not no this free advertising climate. for brands. They have millions of dollars in their budget. They can afford to pay creators. And I'm yeah. sure you as a creator know it's brutal out there. Like people oh. think, I think people look at us as creators and they assume that we're just rolling in it. They assume that like, we just get all of these mon- oh, this money my from brands. TikTok, and I'm like, it's really not like that. No, <laughs> no. I, I had a when I when I was like, oh, my podcast is starting to pop off a little bit. I'm very excited. Um, mm-hmm. My coworker, she looks at me, she's like, you're not going to quit this job because you're going to be like a big famous podcaster. And I guffawed. I went, oh, oh like, no, there's no money in this. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm saying, like, do not no. fret. Like, and even I have one other cousin who. I'm not going to say his name on here for privacy reasons, but one of my yeah. cousins is also a TikToker. And at um, family Christmas this year, we played this little like left, right, center dice game and everybody brings their little dollars and we put our dollars in the middle. Um, and at the end of it, I think him and I both ended up with $4 and we were like us waving and we're like, Ooh, look, our creator fund money for oh, <laughs> $4. Hey, like, yo. look at us rolling in our creator fund cash, and we're, like, waving our $4 that we won. <laughs> woo, woo. Because people really think we're just rolling, and it's just not, it's just not like that. Like, I'm really doing this out of just a joy for it. Yeah. You know? I guess if it ever does not feel joyful anymore, I'll stop doing it. But I really am doing it because I get joy out of it. And if it turns into something bigger and more successful career-wise beyond that that I'm definitely open to that but I think it's also very important to be realistic and be like hey yeah it it's not what people think it is no it's it's definitely a a passion project for sure absolutely um, and I don't want it to take over my life either I I I've done social media marketing for a living and that was like a nightmare um mm-hmm. But being able to just kind of do my own marketing for funsies and uh, yeah, I get, yeah, the serotonin from the little bloop bloop notifications is nice. But yeah. now my my whole livelihood isn't attached to it. And that's really nice. I can just yes. enjoy it and put it down as needed. Absolutely. And like I have a master's degree that I don't want to like stop using, you know, like yeah, I yeah. got that because i i enjoyed it and i thought it was a cool thing i'm like i don't want to completely like leave that piece of me behind so yeah like i still work my day job wow we yep i got my my bachelor's i feel that so hard Mm -hmm. like oh this is probably gonna help me longer term i'm not saying that for for any other content creators where they can't do that forever like if that's that's their thing that's their thing celebrities are exist for a reason oh absolutely uh yeah no my my poor little neurodivergent brain can't handle that forever i'll die (laughs) (laughs) i totally get it but so needs have you ever been uh, oh no you go ahead nope I you're have- good i was gonna say okay. i think i pretty much covered everything explanation wise so you can just kind of hit me with whatever at this point oh, hell yeah um this is probably more so like on the on your tiktok experience of existence but have you ever like been recognized in public i have it not happens yet all the time oh my goodness um, and it's so mind-blowing to me because i have friends with 
twice as many followers as me who make completely different types of content who I think would get them more recognized in public. Um, Like I'm thinking of one friend in particular and he's like, I've been recognized maybe twice, three times in like the three years that I've been big on TikTok. And I'm like, I have been big for less than two years and I would say I get recognized at least once a week. And that's kind of when we made the connection that my face is my branding. We kind of talked about my face being associated more with needs now more so than Mm -hmm. the song um the funniest time i ever got recognized in public was actually by a haunted house scare actor and it was hilarious (laughs) because they had to keep and you could tell they had to keep in character but were also trying to let on that they knew me they made a comment about my hair and remember this is a haunted house and i was in ohio at cedar point love you cedar point hollow weekends my hair was braided and under a hat and i had my hood up and they made a joke about my hair i'm laughing and my friend who's with me goes your hair is not out. How'd they know your hair was pink? <gasps> and I was like, oh, they know it's me. <laughs> oh, it's so wild. And then at one point they made a joke about, because um, we were getting ready to walk into the house at this point. And they were like, remember, there are no photos or videos in the house. They were like, be good like this girl. You see, she, we know she knows how to record videos and she doesn't even have her phone out. Ayo. <laughs> like oh these people got. at this theme park follow me <laughs> it was oh, so man. funny um but yeah it happens i would say most often at like theme parks concerts anywhere a bunch of nerds are all in the same place it happens a lot mm-hmm. um happened it's happened once in the grocery store parking lot the guy putting the carts away recognized me happened at my local whole foods um hey, yeah yo. it happens that's so cool Oh my! Well, I mean, to a degree, as long as every interaction has been awesome, then yeah, that's most cool. of them have been very, very respectful. Um, most people are pretty chill. Um, like I never mind like taking pictures with people and things like that. Um, as long as it's not like invading my privacy or anything like that, yeah. we're good. Which I've also gotten messages from people. Um, like a year or two ago, I was at a dance competition for my cousins and I actually got a message on Instagram and they were like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I was competing at X dance competition this past weekend. Saw you there. Also noticed that you were probably with family. Um, didn't want to walk up to you, but just wanted to say it was cool seeing you. How, like, how are you linked to the dance world? And I'm like, well, I was like a competitive dancer for a big chunk of my life. My cousins do it now. So Yeah. I've had You'll- people be respectful in that way, too. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good to hear. Oh, man. <sighs> I'm so blown away. This is so cool. Um, I'm glad you think it's cool. That's well, I I didn't mention it earlier. And um, I do a lot of at least my entire life. I've been into any form of art, whether it's digital art, drawing, cosplaying, mm-hmm. Um, I used to make my own like costume pieces from scratch because I wanted to compete in the costume contest, you know? Oh, or, like, I love Halloween. that. Yes. I did effects makeup for an indie video game company for a brief period of time. And like, that is incredible. Costuming and stuff. So it's kind of neat where like I can see uh, uh, I can come and meet you at the point of like appreciating the needs from like a, an article of clothing perspective, as well as from the nerdy perspective. Um, yes. But also, thank you for telling me where the hell it came from. Because, like I said, I had no idea we're going to be going down Dr. Seuss Lane (laughs) at all. 
And now yeah. I wish that we got to record sooner for Dr. Seuss Day. And I'm so <laughs> frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> God you know what? It. It's still March. It's, it's still, still March. March. Well, so this it works. <laughs> Unfortunately, well, it's it's March's of recording. Um, Does for, it come out in April? It comes out April twelfth. It'll explain. That's all right. <laughs> well, I because of my cat surgery, and I guess mm-hmm. it's for maybe listeners, you should guess. You guys should hear this too if you're wondering. Well, if you're just wondering, my cat Axel mm-hmm. had two bladder stones, and uh, I think I recently figured out why the stones are still out for analysis as of recording. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's because I've never seen the fucker drink water. I've never mm-hmm. seen him drink water in his life. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, is that why your stones? Is this why this is a problem? So we got them removed mm-hmm. and he's all bundled up. And I took eight, eight business days off from my job. Hashtag PTO. So mm-hmm. I can get my podcast all squared away and good to go. Um, so that's why I'm recording a bunch of episodes in advance. But. We got close enough to Dr. Seuss Day in my eyes, We're and that's close. all that matters. <laughs> We're close enough. Solidarity with you on the cats that don't love to drink water, because my fat, my I almost said my fat cat. He's not a fat cat. Um, my cat oh. Garfield. Um, his favorite way to drink water is when it's mixed in with his food. Um, so literally, oh. I give him like two different types of food in his bowl, and then I dump a bunch of water on top of it, and that is the way i get him to drink water like literally whenever i give him a treat even if it's just one little treat it's in his bowl with a bunch of water on top of it because he came to me off the streets and i'm like i don't know what's going on inside of you i just want to make sure you drink water right hydrated he's he's looking at me like he knows i'm talking about him yeah oh he knows you he knows (laughs) no i feel that like with my my have two other boys they're almost nine years old now they'll be nine on mother's day but mm-hmm. uh, Satan, he's the king of hydration. He mm-hmm. will absolutely drink out of a sink. Never had to worry about it. I've watched mm-hmm. Jesus, my other cat. Um, he'll chug water like crazy. He'll also knock the bowl over because you know mm-hmm. how they're like, oh, the water's still. It's not safe. I it's, need to hit the bowl. It needs to move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he'll just splash it everywhere. And he's like, oh, there's water in here. He'll chug. And so I never had to put that in my head of to verify because I just have two cats who love water. So yeah. when we acquired Axel um he was fine and he's only two and a half years old in his first mm-hmm. year he was fine uh but you know uh later on it's just like he started getting these utis and these stone problems and we've taken to the doctor we couldn't figure it out and so mm-hmm. now i'm like oh damn it it was that simple all along right. the boy's just not hydrated water <laughs> so he's on wet food for life but that's fine He'll live. good for him. that's all that matters that's all right <laughs> But yes, that was the that was probably a really good tangent to end on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who doesn't um, love a little bit of cat talk, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. So I mean, obviously a lot of people are gonna know where to find you on the but just in case there's other places they can find you on the internet, where can they find you? Yes, you can find me on TikTok and on Instagram at Rachleah That's R-A-C-H-L-E-A-H. X, and then you can also find me on Twitter. My Twitter is the only social media that is a different handle than the rest. And it is X Rachel X O X O. Rachel is spelled R A C H A E L. So that's X Rachel X O X O. I made my Twitter like 15 years ago. Valid. Never got around to changing it to Rachelia X. 
I don't know. I have like in parentheses, like my display name is RachelaX, but the actual at is xRachelXOXO. So if you search RachelaX on Twitter, you can probably still find me. You'll figure it out. Don't worry. You will (laughs) figure it out. On the internet, where can you find me? I'm everywhere, but I don't really use Instagram like I used to. I think my last job ruined that for me, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me at I appreciate your butt at the twitter.com. Uh, that is I A I A P P R E C I, the number eight, U R B U T T. Um, and that's the same for TikTok as well for my personal TikTok. But um, if you want to find me on Tumblr, it is just I appreciate your butt spelled correctly. That was that's probably my oldest handle I have. <laughs> um, it has just evolved over time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think middle school me just thought it's like, you know, it's like, oh, haha, I appreciate you. But it's like, nah, I appreciate your butt. And it's such like a middle school. It's like a <laughs> middle school fun thing that just sticks, you know? It did. It stuck. And I love it. Um, but you can find this podcast as a whole at the hyperfix pod on twitter.com or same same on uh tiktok and tumblr and um and uh is there anything fun that you'd like like any fun phrases you know how like at the end of certain youtubers thing they're like oh uh don't forget to take your vitamins drink water goodbye oh i'm trying to think of a good one um i do always you know, I'll leave you guys with a question. And it's a question that I do also ask a lot on my TikTok account. And it's also a question that made me name my cat what I named my cat. And that question is, why do they call it an oven when you oven the cold food of out hot eat the food? Just something for you to ponder. Who? <laughs> Thank you to Offuscate at O-F-U-S-K-A-T-E for the intro and outro music. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. And also, thank you to the Moonshot Network. You can find them at twitch.tv forward slash Moonshot Network, twitter.com forward slash Moonshot Pods, or you can support them on Patreon and all the podcasts in the network at patreon.com forward slash Moonshot Network. Our patrons for this month who get a shout out on the podcast are Ver, Becky Scott Fairley, Ken, and flow thank you so much for y'all's support and keep being awesome Fuck, i love you guys <laughs> uh thank you so much and uh have a good day be safe don't die and ba-doo. Hello, <laughs> this is Clem Bianchi. I'm a courier, delivering mail and space, one package at a time. If you're hearing this message, I need some help. I'm trying to deliver a package to a guy on Pluto. Says his name is Gorge Flummox. If anyone knows a Gorge Flummox on Pluto, please let him know I've been trying to reach him about his box of Lunarian cheese. I know the box is full of cheese because for the last few weeks, I've started hearing things when I touch my cargo. 
When I pick up a letter or a package, I hear conversations and sometimes even see things tied to whoever the mail is for or from. I call it the letter opener. It's yanked me into some real situations. A haunted house, a pizza delivery drag race, and even a revolution to take a city back from the bigwigs who keep its hoverboard sports engine humming. You can hear all about it on Additional Postage Required, a bi-weekly audio drama on the Moonshot Podcast Network, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Anyway, if you know Gorge, please tell him to give me a call. I think his cheese is starting to move around in the box.